0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle
1: Eric. Welcome back, folks, to another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents classic radio series. This episode is from the classic Inspector Thorne series and is titled The Dark Cigarette Murder Case. So, we're happy to have BoomerFlix.com sponsor this exciting mystery episode. At BoomerFlix, you can watch thousands of the old classic television shows, and the classic movies you grew up with. Take a trip down memory lane and give BoomerFlix.com a visit. You'll just love it. Also, please be sure to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the great categories and radio show episodes. If you can, you can help Uncle Eric keep this podcast up and running, by becoming a Patreon supporter at the support link below it would really help. Thanks a million. I really want to say a special thank you to all of the Patreon supporters for helping to keep Uncle Eric Presents online. Your support is truly appreciated. Now, enjoy this great episode with Inspector Thorne titled The Dark Cigarette Murder Case.
2: And now the National Broadcasting Company presents Inspector Thorne in The Dark Cigarette Murder Case. Tonight, the National Broadcasting Company presents the exploits of the spectacular young Inspector Thorne of the Homicide Bureau, whose investigations rank with many of the most celebrated ones in the annals of crime fiction. An investigator smart enough to claim he is dumb and modest enough to believe it. Tonight, Inspector Thorne turns to the Dark Cigarette Murder Case. Shadows are beginning to fall as in the noisy, crowded heart of the city. We see a young man in his early twenties urging a girl down the back stairs from the Conroy Music School on the second floor of an old building. The young man is Don Galen, the well-known jazz clarinetist, and he takes the girl, Flora Withers, out of the back door and into a narrow alley beside the school, saying... Don't be so curious, Flora. I'll put you wise in a second.
3: What is it all about, Don? I don't see why you have to drag me into the alley.
2: Hush up, Flora, and get through this door.
3: All right, Don, but I just...
2: I, uh... I guess we're safe here in the alley.
3: Safe? What do you mean?
2: Listen, Flora. I've struck something hot in the music school. Something dangerous.
3: Something dangerous, Don?
2: Terribly. I want your advice on what to do about it, Flora.
3: Well, what is it?
2: Step away from the door a little. That's it, Now, you know that...
3: Don! Don, look out! (laughs) No, not me. I don't know anything. I've got to run.
2: And now, a few minutes later, we see policemen holding back the crowds at each end of the alley, while a police sergeant stands guard over the body of the murdered man lying at the back door leading to the Conroy Music School. Suddenly, a quiet but authoritative man comes through the crowds. The fabulous Inspector Thorne of Homicide, and approaches the police sergeant, saying, You beat me to it, Sergeant Muggin. I was right on call, Inspector Thorne. Watch the pitch. This young guy caught some lead in his back, Chief. His name's Don Galen, according to stuff in his pocket. Don Galen, huh? Any witnesses? No one. The cop on the beat heard shooting and ran over. Likewise, some citizens walking on the avenue. It was all over by that time. Mm. I see this door leads upstairs, Martin. Yeah, Chief, it goes to the Conroy Music School. I've kept everyone in there. Good work. There might be a connection with the dead young man, Don Galen, and the school. That's what I figured. Conroy Music School, huh? Is that Lou Conroy, Muggin, the, uh, the man who was once a big-time jazz musician? Right the first crack, Chief. Conroy owns and runs a school. And is he putting up a holler? A holler? Conroy says we've got no right to hold him or anybody else in the school. That's so, Muggin. Let's go upstairs to the Conroy Music School. We're starting with Mr. Lou Conroy. <laughs> How do you do, Mr. Conroy? I'm Inspector Thorne. You've met Sergeant Muggan, I believe. He sure has. Sergeant Muggan has been taking some pretty high-handed measures around here, Inspector Thorne, locking us up like a bunch of criminals. One of you might be a murderer, Mr. Conroy. Nobody's a murderer around here, Inspector Thorne. You're giving my music school a bad name. It'll have a worse name if you don't cooperate with, with the police. All right. What do you want of me? Do you know the young man who was shot near the back door of your school? I can't help where he was shot. Answer me. Do you know the murdered Don Galen? He was... he was a teacher here at the Conroy Music School. So the dead man was a teacher here, and you object to talking to the police. I wonder why. Oh, now, look, Inspector Thorne, you're getting this wrong. Am I, Mr. Conroy? Oh, I, I guess I got too riled up. But you see, I built this school on my own reputation. It means a lot to me. I can't have people fouling it up. Especially the police, Mr. Conroy? I'm telling you what I know. Go on. You say the murder Don Galen was a teacher here. Yes, Inspector Thorne. Don was only about 25, but he had a hot name as a clarinet player. We put him on the staff for prestige. Come to think of it, what Mr. Conroy? Just before the murder, I saw Don go out with one of the pupils here in the school. What pupil? A would-be blues singer, Flora Withers. She was studying here. I noticed them because it seemed to me that Don Galen was sneaking out with Flora, sneaking down the back stairs. They
4: weren't sneaking. Judy,
2: Inspector Thorne, Sergeant Muggin, this is my niece, Judy Smith. Well, I heard what you were
4: saying, Uncle Lou, and it isn't so. I saw Don and Flora go out, and they weren't sneaking at all, Inspector Thorne.
2: Do you work here at your uncle's music school, Miss Smith?
4: Yes, Inspector Thorne, I do the secretarial work. And I was right in my office at the head of the back stairs when Don Galen and Flora Withers left. You're a
2: fool, Judy. Why don't you stay out of this? Well,
4: why should I, Uncle Lou?
2: Because Flora shot Don Galen. Why do you say that, Mr. Conroy?
4: Yes, Uncle Lou. Why?
2: Well, if I I must talk, because of you, Judy.
4: Because of me?
2: You stole Don away from Flora, didn't you?
4: That's a perfectly horrible thing to say.
2: But is it true, Judy?
4: It most certainly is not, Inspector Thorne. Why, Flora Withers and I were friends.
2: I've got eyes in my head, Judy. I saw Don making up to you. But
4: Flora didn't care, and even if she did, she'd never murder anybody, Uncle. Lou. Why, she's a nice girl.
2: In that case, where is Flora Withers? She was due here for a lesson with me, and she hasn't turned up. It looks as if she's taking it on the lamb. You've got something there, Mr. Conroy. Sergeant Muggan, send out a call to pick up Flora Withers. Got you, Chief. Who else is in the school now, Mr. Conroy? Only Bob Seymour, the business manager, and my wife Evelyn. The dinner hour is always quiet, Inspector Thorne. Where are Bob Seymour and your wife? Oh, Bob Seymour was very busy getting out some instruments that we rent and repair as a sideline. He's in the room at the end of the hall. And your wife? Oh, my wife Evelyn was waiting to go out to dinner with me. She's probably reading a magazine somewhere. Well, Mr. Conroy, I think I'll have a talk with your business manager, Bob Seymour. Bob Seymour couldn't have anything to do with this, Inspector Thorne. I'm just a dumb cop, Conroy. But I can't help wondering why you don't want me to talk to anybody. Don't try to leave here until I give the word. What a mess. And you're not helping, Judy. But,
4: Uncle Lou, I- Why
2: do you have to protect Flora Withers? It's plain as day she did it.
4: Well, it's not plain to me.
2: Maybe you just want to think that, Judy, so you won't feel responsible. Now, listen to your Uncle Lou... Stay out of it.
4: Maybe I will and maybe I won't, Uncle Lou. But I won't believe that Flora killed Don until I see the proof.
2: Judy, come back. Judy! And now, as Inspector Thorne enters the office of Bob Seymour, business manager of the Conroy Music School, we hear... Bob Seymour? I'm Inspector Thorne of Homicide. Oh. Come in, Inspector Thorne. Well, you've got quite a stock of musical instruments in this room. They come and go, rent and repair stuff. A good service for musicians and a fairly profitable sideline for the school. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you know about the murdered clarinet player, Don Galen? Well, he brought us a lot of business, Inspector Thorne. You have a one-track mind, Mr. Seymour. I suppose I do. But I hardly knew Don outside of business, except that... One of the students had a crush on him. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. A pretty kid named Flora Withers trying to be a blues singer. Inspector Thorne. Yes, Sergeant Muggen. The alarm's out for Flora Withers. First step, she didn't go home. You mean Flora Withers is missing? That's right, Mr. Seymour. So Flora Withers killed Don Galen? Maybe, Mr. Seymour. But if Flora's missing, she was jealous of the little secretary here, Judy Smith. So I've heard. Now... Who's that? That's Evelyn, Mrs. Conroy, playing that phonograph of hers again. Funny time for Mrs. Conroy to be playing a record. And a funny song to pick, Muggin. Frankie and Johnny, the torch song of the ages. Evelyn Conroy used to be a popular torch singer before she lost her voice and her looks, Inspector Thorne. Now she spends a great deal of her time sitting around playing records. You don't say. Did Mrs. Conroy have any dealings with the murdered Don Galen, Mr. Seymour? Just that Mrs. Conroy is the one who suggested giving Don Galen a teaching job here at the school. You mean it wasn't her husband's idea, even though he owns the school? Evelyn practically forced Conroy to employ Don Galen here at the school. Why did Conroy object? Jealous, I guess, Inspector Thorne. Conroy was a big-timer once, liked to lead the band, not play second fiddle to a famous clarinet player like Don Galen. So, Evelyn Conroy sponsors Don Galen, and he's murdered. And now she's playing this particular record, Frankie and Johnny. Holy hat, Chief. You don't... Think... I'm not up on music, Muggin. But I remember one verse of that song. It goes, Johnny saw Frankie a-comin'. Please now, Frankie, don't shoot. But Frankie put her finger on the trigger, and the gun went root-toot-toot. She shot her man, cause he done her wrong. Golly, Inspector Thorne. Maybe Evelyn Conroy was in love with Don Galen. Maybe she killed him out of jealousy. Let's go, Sergeant Muggin, and uh, see if we can find out. Okay, Chief. It's coming from one of these small rooms down the hall.
0: Must be this
2: one. Yes. Yes, there's Evelyn Conroy at the phonograph. Mrs. Conroy. Yes? I'm Inspector Thorne of the police. This is Sergeant Muggin. We
1: heard the record you were playing, Mrs. Conroy. We'll be back
4: after a quick break.
1: Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons... Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
5: I was just amusing myself while waiting for my husband.
1: With
2: the dead man on the doorstep? Why not? I may be wrong, but it seems an odd time to play a torch song. That depends, Inspector
5: Thorne. This particular one I'm playing is very appropriate. Seeing that Flora shot her man because he done her wrong.
2: Flora withers, Mrs. Conroy.
5: Of course. Who else?
2: You yourself have been suggested, Mrs. Conroy.
5: Me? That's absurd.
2: Is it? Bob Seymour says you got Don Galen on the staff of the music school.
5: Well, suppose I did. For what reason? Now I see what you're driving at. I got Don Galen on the staff because he was an asset to the school, and for no other
2: reason. So you say.
5: There was nothing personal between me and Don Galen, Sergeant
2: Muggin. Listen, sister, between your kind and a guy, it's always personal.
5: I don't have to take such cracks. (laughs) Ha, ha,
2: ha. I'll bet Mr. Big
5: Mouth Seymour didn't tell you that he had a fight with Don Galen.
2: You say Bob Seymour and the murdered man, Don Galen, had a fight? I'll say they did, Inspector Thorne.
5: Don accused Bob of holding out money. Commissions on pupils that Don brought into
2: the school. The murdered man accused Bob Seymour of cheating him.
5: That's right.
2: Frankly, I'm puzzled, Mrs. Conroy. Your husband owns and runs this music school. Wouldn't he know about the money as well as Bob Seymour?
5: This was something between Bob and Don.
2: Really? Don Galen could have found out that both Bob and your husband were cheating him.
5: Get hep, Inspector Thorne. That would-be blue singer, Flora Withers, shot Don. It's obvious.
2: So everyone tells me. But uh, maybe I'm too stupid to see it this fast.
5: Flora was nuts for Don, get it? And he was going for my niece, Judy. That's so. If Flora didn't kill Don... Why would she take it on the lamb?
2: How did you know Flora Withers is missing? Why, I... My husband told me. I wonder what else your husband told you, Mrs. Conroy?
5: What do you mean?
2: I wonder if he told you to put suspicion on Flora.
5: He did nothing of the kind.
2: Or was it your own idea? Come on, Sergeant Muggen. Okay, Chief. What next? I'm bothered, Muggan. It doesn't fit together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle with a piece missing. If you ask me, there are too many pieces. Mm, None of them right. Come on down the hall to the back stairs. Okay, Chief. Listen, maybe we are looking for trouble. The fact is the would-be blue singer Flora Withers went down those back stairs with the murdered Don Galen. And now Flora's missing. Flora Withers looks guilty, Muggin, but... What gets me is the way all these other people in the music school are reacting. You think one of them did it? Well, I don't know, but if the blues singer did it, why do the others act so suspicious? Yeah. And yet, they're not really suspicious, so all I get is hints. Ah, uh, Take it easy, Chief. Uh, I must be dumber than I thought, Muggin. If only I had... Muggin there on the floor. Maybe that's the missing piece of the puzzle. That cigarette butt? This isn't just an ordinary cigarette, but take a look at that filler. It's unusually dark and ragged. A reefer. Yes, a reefer. That's what cigarettes filled with dope, marijuana are commonly called. What's a dope-filled cigarette doing in the hall of a music school? Exactly, Muggin. What I want to know is, where and how does drug trading come into this? If it does, was it a crime of passion after all? When the famous young clarinet player Don Galen is shot at the back entrance of the Conroy Music School where he taught, suspicion falls on the blues singer Flora Withers, who has disappeared. Lou Conroy, head of the school, insists that Flora shot Don because he had thrown her over for Conroy's niece, Judy Smith. But Judy indignantly denies this. Inspector Thorne is baffled and dissatisfied as he meets Bob Seymour, the business manager of the school, who quarreled with the murdered musician over money. And then Evelyn Conroy, wife of the head of the school, who may have been in love with Don and jealous of Flora, the missing blues singer. And then the case takes a new twist for Inspector Thorne as he finds a marijuana-filled cigarette, a reefer, in the hallway of the music school. And we see him now at headquarters, revealing an unusual plan to Sergeant Muggin. Still no word about the missing blues singer, Flora Withers Muggin? Not a sign of it, Chief. Hmm... She knows we're looking for her, too. It's been in every newspaper. She's got to be guilty or she'd turn up. Mm, maybe. But what about that reefer we found in the hallway of the Conroy Music School? Ah, we're getting no place, Chief. The guards we put on to watch the school haven't been able to latch onto a thing either. Drugs or anything else. And the newspaper boys keep nagging me. This murdered clarinet player, Don Galen, had a lot of fans. Muggin... I'm going to give you a story to tell the newspaper men. Yeah? You're going to tell them that the would-be blues singer, Flora Withers, has been found. Oh, but she. She's been found, Muggan, or at least her body. Her body? Tell the reporters that the body of Flora Withers, the missing young blues singer, was found today in the river. A suicide. Okay, if you say so. Then, Muggan, I want you to go to all the people at the school. Conroy and his wife, the business manager, Bob Seymour, and Conroy's niece, Judy Smith. Yeah? Tell them that we're satisfied that the blues singer, Flora Withers, shot Don Galen and then committed suicide. Tell them that the case is closed. Uh Uh-huh. Then, in public, call off the police guards at the school and replace them on the QT with a couple of our best plainclothes men. Got it? Yeah, I got it. Then get going. Well, Inspector Thorne, the newspaper story you dreamed up appeared this morning, and the guys at the school have been called off. Good, Muggin. What happens now, Chief? We wait. For well, why? Maybe for this phone call, Muggin. Inspector Thorne speaking. This is Bob Seymour, Inspector Thorne, the business manager at the Conroy Music School. Yes, Mr. Seymour. Now, this newspaper story about the body of Flora Withers being found in the river, uh, is it true, Inspector Thorne? Why do you doubt it, Mr. Seymour? It uh, it just doesn't seem like Flora, uh, though I I didn't know her well, of course. Well, Mr. Seymour, the guards at the school have been called off and you've been told the case is closed. Doesn't that answer your question? Yes, I suppose so. Goodbye, Mr. Seymour. Goodbye, Inspector Thorne. (laughs) One party heard from Muggin. One party who wants to make sure that Flora is dead. I don't see what... Open the door, Sergeant Muggan. This may be the next party. Okay, Chief. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Conroy, come right in. We read the story in the papers, Inspector Thorne.
5: Yeah, about poor Flora being found in the river.
2: My wife and I wondered if we could be of any help. In what way, Mr. Conroy? Well, I've been rather bothered by the way I treated the police at first, Inspector, and I want to make up for it. Yes. I thought perhaps uh, you needed someone to to identify Flora's body.
5: Seeing she was all alone in the city, poor thing.
2: My wife and I will be glad to help, Inspector Thorne. Well, that's very public-spirited of you both. Unusually so. But uh, Flora Withers' body has been identified to our satisfaction. It has. So there's no need for you to see the body, Mr. and Mrs. Conroy?
4: Inspector Thorne, I wonder if... Uncle Lou and Aunt Evelyn, what are you doing here?
2: I might ask you the same thing, Judy. Uh, Just a moment. Sergeant Muggan, I'm expecting someone. uh, Step outside and see that we're not interrupted here. Right you are, Chief. Now, what is it, Judy?
4: Well, I I read about Flora killing herself. Yes. It's so awful to think of her in the moor. Now,
2: now, Judy. She was
4: such a nice girl, Uncle Lou, and I, I feel kind of responsible. If she killed Don because he left her for me... It
2: wasn't your fault, Judy.
4: Fault or not, I just can't bear to think of her lying there alone. Inspector Thorne, I'd like to do what I can for Flora. May I...
2: May you what, Judy?
4: May I give her a decent funeral?
2: That's an excellent idea, Judy. It would be very good for the music school to show decent feeling.
4: That's right, Lou.
2: Inspector Thorne. Yes, Muggin? Your appointment is here, Chief. Very well, Muggan. Mr. and Mrs. Conroy, Judy, you'll have to leave now. Uh, Go this way, please, out the private door. But Inspector, what about
4: Flora, the funeral?
2: I'll see what can be done, Judy. Uh, Goodbye. Well, Muggin, that story we planted in the newspapers about finding the body of Flora Withers is getting results. But you don't know the half of it, Chief. Oh, yes, I do, Muggin. Tell the missing blues singer Flora Withers to step in. How did you know, Chief? (laughs) Okay, Miss Withers. Welcome, Miss Withers.
3: What's the idea of saying I'm dead and that I killed Don and threw myself in the river, Inspector Thorne?
2: What's the idea of hiding out, Miss Withers?
3: That's my business. And it
2: was my business to find you. I thought that story would do it.
3: What? You mean... I
2: mean it was a plant. Now talk.
3: Well, Inspector Thorne, I... I I had to hide. I was afraid to come here.
2: Afraid of being arrested, Flora?
3: Oh, no, no, Sergeant Muggan. Afraid of being killed, like Don. Yes. Don took me down in that alley to tell me something, Inspector Thorne. He got as far as saying he'd found out something dangerous about the music school. And he was shot from the doorway. Who shot him? That's the trouble. I didn't see who it was. The door was only open a little.
2: Hmm. So we still don't know who killed Don or what he was going to say. No, Sergeant Muggan. But now I'm sure the school is a center for drug distribution. Drugs? And that Don Galen was killed because he found out.
3: How awful.
2: But who's in on it? And where's the proof we need? Miss Withers, you can help us get that proof.
3: Me, Inspector?
2: I warn you, it it may be dangerous.
3: Don was my friend, Inspector Thorne. I'd like to get the person who killed him.
2: Very well. Now listen. Late that night at the Conroy Music School, we see Judy Smith, the young niece, going into the alley, through the back door, up the dimly lit staircase. She opens the door to the reception room and gasps.
4: Uh, Bob Seymour. Judy. Oh, you frighten me. Uh,
2: I don't feel so chipper myself. What on earth are you doing here, Judy?
4: It's very strange. I, I got a telegram. I see. What do you mean, Bob?
2: I got a telegram, too.
4: You didn't.
2: My telegram says, Dead Women Tell Tales. If you want to learn something to your interest, be at the Conroy Music School at 11 tonight.
4: Why, that's exactly what mine says.
2: What can it mean, Judy?
4: I don't know, but I. Oh, sh-
2: sh- someone's coming. Get back out of the light.
4: Oh, Uncle Lou! Aunt
2: Evelyn! Judy! Evelyn, it's Judy!
5: I can see Judy, Lou. And Bob Seymour, too.
2: What's going on? Hold on, Conroy. Did you and your wife, Evelyn, get a telegram to be here at 11 o'clock tonight? Oh yes, Bob. Judy and I got telegrams, too. No.
5: Hail, hail. The gang's all here.
2: Be quiet, Evelyn. This is serious. You're telling me. I'm leaving. Wait a minute, Evelyn. We've got to find out what this is all about. You find out,
5: Lou, and tell me. Hold your horses, Evelyn.
2: We're all in this together. Listen,
5: Bob Seymour, I know when to clear out. Look. Look at the time. Time, Judy? It's 11 o'clock.
4: That, that's the hour in the telegrams. I'm leaving right now. Listen. Hello, everybody.
3: Ow! It's Flora Withers, risen from the dead. Good Lord. Flora! Don't you think I'm a healthy car? Make her go away! Make her go oh, away! Oh, shut up, Evelyn Conroy. I'm no more dead than you are.
2: Oh. I don't understand. The police have your body.
3: Not my body, Mr. Conroy. I found another girl who looked enough like me. I got rid of her, dressed her in my clothes. But
2: why? What? Okay, you're alive, Flora. What do you want?
3: You have nerve, Bob.
2: Quit stalling. You sent us those telegrams to meet you here.
3: That's right. I have a proposition to make.
2: A proposition?
3: Don Galen was killed because he found out something about the music school. He just had time to tell me what he learned before he was shot.
2: What could Don find out about the school? I
3: think you know, Mr. Conroy. And I intend to cash in on it. What are you
2: talking about?
3: I'll put it in plain English. Drugs are being distributed from the school. I have the proof. And I'm gonna tell the cops unless you fork over $10,000. No,
2: it's not true. The cops
3: think I'm dead. That's just the way I planned it. And if you behave yourself, I'll just fade away like a good little corpse.
2: Flora, you're mad. I
3: told you I had the proof, Conroy. You shipped the drugs inside the musical instruments you rent and repay. No. Some of the jobs are on the level, but others are phony. Blinds for shipping dope all over the country to people pretending to be musicians. It's a
2: lie, a crazy lie. I'm calling the police. I wouldn't do that, Conroy. Uh, the girl's crazy, Bob. I said, don't call the police. Bob, put down that gun. Get over in that corner, Conroy, with Flora. You too, Mrs. Conroy. Bob! You see, Flora Withers is right. You you can't leave. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Conroy. Drugs are being distributed from the school. They're being distributed by me and your niece, Judy. No!
4: Yes, yes, me, Uncle Lou, your innocent little girl. Oh, you and Aunt Evelyn are so stupid a child could fool you.
2: That's enough, Judy. They've got a job to finish. What, what are you going to do? Unfortunately, you know too much, Conroy, and so does your wife, Evelyn. And Miss Flora Withers. He's going to kill us. You're right, Evelyn. Oh. Judy, go ahead of us, and take them down the stairs into the alley. You go first, and when the coast is clear, knock on the door once. All right, Pop. Get moving, you three, and no funny stuff, or I'll pull this trigger. Drop that gun, Bob Seymour. Inspector Thorne! (laughs) I'm hit! Judy, run for it! I've got Judy, Chief! And I have Bob Seymour, Sergeant Muggin. All the rest of you all right? Yes, Inspector Thorne. You rat, Thorne, you got me in the arm. That's not all you're going to get, Bob Seymour. You and the Conroy's niece, Judy, peddled drugs and killed Don Galen because he got wise. You got no proof. We deny everything. Don't be ridiculous. The state witness is Flora Withers, the blues singer. Flora! Yes, Seymour. Flora died and was resurrected by arrangement with the police. She sent those telegrams by arrangement with the police and knew about the shipments of drugs and the musical instruments because the police intercepted the trumpets you sent out today Believing that the case was closed.
4: I told you to be careful, Bob. Shut
2: up, Judy. You'd better, Judy. I got the whole drug idea when I found the butt of your dope-filled cigarette in the hall. You what? smoked it for courage when the time came for the murder. It had your color lipstick on the tip. Take them away, muggin. <laughs> And so ends The Dark Cigarette Murder Case. The part of Inspector Thorne is played by Carl Weber, direction by Edward Slattery. The script was written by Bill Belgard, based on the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert.